0: I don't know, maybe we say different race, it was a weird race I think that uh, it was definitely indictment on a few drivers But how are you doing? Welcome back to the Wolfpack Performance Podcast I'm your host Jay, Wolfpack Performance And make sure you are there tomorrow for F1 Minute Monday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time Where content creation includes you We're going to debate, we're going to talk about many topics I already got the topics based off this morning If you were not awake, live for the Japan GP you indeed did miss a debacle several drivers out uh several couple drivers pretty much indicted themselves some bad situations some good situations you know some some very sticky situations some people not finishing the race it was indeed uh one of those times where uh, some people probably wish they didn't drive. What's going on, bro? I see Galacticus is first in the chat. I see my brother right there first in the chat. What's going on, Galacticus? Uh, just off my walk, figured we would go through this. So we can indeed, let's let's look at some things. We can look at some things real quick. Let's check this out. Uh, the finishing results. Of course, congr- congratulations goes out to Pia Pia for snatching his first podium. As a rookie this season, Pia Pia snatches his first pro podium. Uh, definitely earned it. I, I did question, if you see this image right here, I did question at first whether Pia was going to get pretty aggressive off of the start with Max Verstappen. We already see that Max was going to get aggressive the way he had pointed his car. He had his car pointed. So that wasn't that wasn't going to be a secret if Max was going to do that. Immediately, you see that Max jumps over. I, I was really, like I told people this morning, I really wanted to see if... Piastri was just going to stick in there. But indeed, he didn't. He gave up, as you see, almost kind of going off of the road to give up to Max to a fault. I felt he should have stayed in there, but um, why he didn't stay in there, I, I can't question whether it was the right decision because, well, he got a podium out of it. And then there was a lot of talk this week about why Max wasn't penalized the same way other drivers were penalized and... What are we saying? You know, Max wasn't penalized. A lot of drivers feel like he should have been. He didn't get real penalties. So, of course, we saw a situation where it looked like he should have got penalized, but he didn't. There's plenty of times Max is not getting penalized. So... We're wondering why that's taking place a lot. of This weekend, they talked about that a lot on the paddock, and drivers are starting to feel like Max is not being penalized just as other drivers are being penalized, and they're right. And we have proof to show that. We have a situation with Max, no penalty or a penalty that does not affect him, and then we'll have a situation with another driver. They get penalized, and then next thing you know, bow. They get... You know, they're getting smacked with it. But so, you know, penalties sometimes have a way of working themselves out. But I guess at this point in time, a lot of drivers, a lot of people in Formula One are starting to wonder why is it that Max Verstappen is not fairly penalized just like they are. So hopefully they work that out and we'll see what happens. But... As you see right here, of course, Max Verstappen grabbing first, uh, Red Bull returning back to form uh, as they were not in Singapore. I'm still not totally sold on whether this is a technical directive situation or not because they did play with the floors coming into this race. And I feel like if there was nothing wrong with your floors and your floors were all legit, then why are you playing with your floors the very next race after this situation? But it could be something, could be nothing. But anyway, Pia grabs his podium, Max Verstappen, uh, definitely grabs his win. And then we will talk about Perez right here. Okay, so the the situation with Perez was just... Uh, <sighs> Perez did himself in this time. Perez completely did himself in. I mean, Perez was out there lightweight playing bumper cars. Perez was out there lightweight playing bumper cars, man. It was crazy. It was crazy to see some of the things that Perez was doing. And, and I really... At this point, I mean, you can't defend that. You can't defend what Perez did at this race. You can't defend him basically just plowing into – Uh, K-Mag, you can't defend his situation with Lewis. Although, no, you might could defend that. You might can defend the situation a little bit with Lewis because off the start, there was a lot of contact or some contact that happened off the straight. Maybe Perez was affected by it or not and uh, managed to squeeze into Lewis. Uh, Fortunately, not causing too much damage, but the rest of the situation with K-Mag and his race was ridiculous. They end up basically calling Perez in, getting him in for the retirement, and then after that, it just... um, it just was down here for Perez. And I'm gonna say this I just am not sold on Perez being a bad driver right now. I honestly believe, right now, I believe more so than not, Perez is affected by the situation. First of all, the situation with him and Helmet Marco and the way he responded to that, th- to me, it was demoralizing. Helmet Marco disrespected you and a full cultural people. And for you to say that you and Helmet have this good relationship, I can't tell. Because people with good relationships don't do what Helmut Marko has done or said about you in public. They don't do that. They don't conduct themselves that way. If people have a positive or respectful regard about you, they don't put you in those situations. Maybe accidents happen, but this is not an accident. He's purposely saying these things about Perez. And for Perez to come back and say, oh, it's okay. It's not okay. And I'm not sure if maybe some of these things in Red Bull aren't affecting Perez in the way he's driving. And like I said earlier this morning, I, I just... I vehemently disagree with Sky Sports, Karun and all of them, you know, saying that Perez needs to look at Max and try to do what Max is doing. That's not true. I think that's the problem. I think Perez said it even to a fault that in Monaco, he's trying to push a way that he wouldn't push. And I think that he needs to get back to driving like Perez in the RB19. Stop trying to imitate Max in his driving ability. Stop taking on this unnecessary amount of pressure. The pressure, I mean, I hate to refer back to when Christian Horner said it, you know, the messenger matters. And at that point when Christian Horner said it, I think a lot of people believe Red Bull weren't behind Perez. And for him to say what he said almost came off as, we put you in this position, now you just need to chill out. We're not going to allow you to be a number one driver. It's kind of how it came off, real smug. But still, two things can be true. Perez, like, you're putting yourself under unnecessary pressure. And I'm not even sure you really want to be with Red Bull. I'm not sure Red Bull is the place for you. Red Bull wasn't the place for Gasly. Red Bull wasn't the place for Albon. Albon has now been in Williams, and he's been flourishing with perspective of where Williams was to where they are now. Gasly is out of AlphaTauri, out of the Red Bull. And I'm not You know, we'll have to look deeper into Gasly's numbers as far as how to kind of see. It's not anything that kind of pops off at the screen. But we'll have to see about that. But it's not like he's doing worse. It's not like he's doing obscenely better. But. Albon, we know, leaving, you know, Red Bull, I think he's been a better, more sound driver doing what he's doing in that car, and credit goes to him for that, definitely. Then next, we'll we'll talk about, let's go ahead and just look into, let's go ahead and just go into Mercedes real quick, because a lot of the notion that Mercedes customer teams are outperforming them is flying around in a very wildfire type way. And I'm really not sure this is completely true. I think it really matters on perspective. Lewis Hamilton and Russell, as you see right here, tussling uh, for position, okay? Now, it is very funny that people want to talk about Lewis Hamilton and the situation that you see right here. It's very funny they want to talk about that, but nobody seems to want to talk about the precursor Nobody seems to want to talk about what transpired before this, right here. Russell dive bombed Lewis Hamilton. Nobody, you don't want. Nobody wants to mention that. You don't want to mention that. It's like you're Lewis centric because you're a hater. You're Lewis centric because you want to say something that discredited Lewis. But it's funny that most people that say this don't say, well, Russell dive bombed his own teammate, and literally ran Lewis off track, or he had to avoid Russell in order not to make contact. Russell nearly doing that, taking out at least Hamilton, and could have worse taking out both Mercedes. Nobody Talk about that, too. You got you to gotta talk about both situations because they go together. This situation followed the Russell situation. This situation where you people are saying Lewis Hamilton ran Russell off track, yeah, he did. He did run him off track. But before then, Russell dive bombed on Lewis Hamilton, causing I think they might even had a little contact or very close too. So it's an even push. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say one driver deserves a penalty more than the other because I know what happened before this. And what's happened before this in other times. Don't forget Russell in contact on a main straight claiming he didn't see Lewis. Okay, but did Russell get the penalty? Yeah, because they saw like, bro, what are you doing? What are you doing? Should Lewis have gotten a penalty for this? Well, if Lewis should have got a penalty for this, then Max deserves to have a race ban. I'm going to say that. Max deserves to have a race ban because I'm sure that I can find more photos of Max. Matter of fact, Max just did this to Gasly in in the two races before this. Max just ran ghastly off the road in the same race where damn Danny Ricardo went out. So what are we talking about? People got it. Yo, y'all got to chill. Y'all don't have to chill. I just know where y'all come from. I know where you come from. I know where you're true, what you're trying to do. And I understand. Yeah. I mean, he got ran wide. Okay. He got dive bombed on. And like, please, man, like cut the bullshit. Like, really cut the bullshit. You really you really on some on some weirdo type time, for real. So, but this situation with the Mercedes was almost Ferrari esque to me. It really was. I felt that um they definitely need to chill out. I think Lewis Hamilton's getting a little bit aggravated with russell russell is like lewis centric he really is i think russell is so focused on trying to beat his teammate and that's a lot of pressure to be next to lewis hamilton it is it's a lot of pressure to be next to him and i think almost russell's like lightweight starstruck and his goal is like i just gotta beat lewis no russell you gotta learn to be either better than lewis because you are going to be leading mercedes bro you you're gonna have a, a big you're gonna have a lot of shoes. You are going to have a big shoe to feel when Lewis Hamilton walks out the door. And if you're only focused on beating Lewis on track and really to a fault, like you took yourself into the wall in Singapore when you really should have switched positions and the team gave Russell directions to switch and Russell comes up with this. I think we should deploy the Carlos plan. You're They're not even really set up to do that. Bro, your pace is not strong. The difference between the Carlos and Lando situation and the Russell with Lewis behind Russell situation is, Russell, you didn't have the pace that Carlos had. Your tires were falling off. Carlos was driving far better. Lando was definitely a pusher. You weren't that, bro. And Lewis was right. If they stayed in that position, they were going to end up losing the position in both cars in short order to Carlos. Lewis had the better position and it worked. So you can't say Lewis is wrong because Lewis was proven to be right. They gave Russell team orders. He tried to protest it and they said, this is a direction. We're telling you what to do. We're not asking you for your input. We're not asking you what you feel like doing. We're telling you, you're going to inverse the order. So do it and do it now. And Lewis was correct. He was able to defend off Carlos, but being behind Russell, who was slower, it wasn't going to happen. It was, he was being compromised. And if that was the case, then Carlos would have overtaken Lewis too, but he didn't. And Russell couldn't even hold Carlos off, not even for a full lap or so, I don't think. He couldn't hold Carlos off. So R- Lewis was proven to be right. So anybody that says the the, the situation that Mercedes and that Lewis chose to do was wrong, you're wrong. Just like I can't say that P. Ashry right here, was wrong for not standing stronger against Max off of the start because he got a podium out of his entire plan. Maybe I could say I don't agree with the way he started it, but his entire plan and the way he ran his race led him to get his first podium in Formula 1. What Lewis did and told the team what happened came true. He got through. He was able to hold Carlos off because he had better pace and better race craft than Russell. Let's just keep it real. And he grabbed more points for the team. Just, just keep it real. Keep it all the way a book. So Russell's seventh, and then Hamilton comes in fifth, putting them in closer for that Constructor Championship battle, uh, putting Lewis Hamilton about 30-some-odd points, I think is what me and Galact- Galacticus came up with for me in the last live this morning. Uh, big shout-out to Rayhan. Big shout-out to Mikey S. Big shout-out to Galacticus. Uh, let's see who else is in the chat. Uh, big shout out to who else huh? okay so Mikey s Rayhan Galacticus big shout out to the fam appreciate that uh so that that just you know that that just was proven right right there so then we look at Ferrari and no, we'll, let's stay, let's stay on Mercedes for a minute let's stay on Mercedes for a minute because right now it, it's it's like people are saying and I get it I, I completely get it I'm not saying that you're wrong for thinking this or you're wrong for having this perspective I completely get it it really does seem like the customer teams in regards to Aston Martin and McLaren, not Williams at this point in time, have been outperforming Mercedes when it comes to bringing updates, right? It seems like that because why? Alonso, Aston Martin come out of the gate in the season. alonso has got seven podiums while Lance Stroll doesn't have shit. Lance Stroll doesn't have any podiums. Lance Stroll doesn't have any podiums. None. But as a group, as a team, Alonso has bought seven podiums. Now, that's been throughout the course of the season, but we all know toward the beginning of the season, Aston Martin was really popping. They were popping, they were booming they would do it they were doing their thing since then a little tapered off kind of a resurgence alonso grabs the seventh podium and they got seven as a construct they got seven as a team right now so then we go and we got asked we got a mclaren mclaren's the other mercedes team definitely having trouble in the beginning of the season definitely behind the power curve uh, definitely a very low energy when they came out with the livery launch and we thought mclaren was going to be doomed this entire season cuz that's what it seemed like well What do we got? In the last seven races, McLaren has managed to bring two update packages that have catapulted them to the front of the grid to snatch at least five podiums out of the seven, I believe, out of seven races. Out of the last seven or eight races, McLaren has managed to grab five podiums, I believe four by Lando, one by in this last race in Japan by Oscar Piastri. Both drivers contributing to the team as far as podiums. The last seven races, they've grabbed five podiums. That's good. So right now, it looks like McLaren is coming alive on the back half of the season, right? So now you got Aston Martin popping at the beginning, bringing these updates, you know, and then they, you know, they kind of in short order, kind of taper off. Now on the back half of the season, you got McLaren popping, grabbing five podiums, one by way of their rookie Oscar Piastri, which is becoming a sensation. And now people are starting to wonder, well, what's up with Mercedes? Why haven't we seen Mercedes bring an update that just seems like it's popping off? Galacticus Merck took too long to drop the slim uh slim pods that's why and th- and that's a very thank you It it does seem like this but let me tell you this what if i told you Mercedes has just done what Aston Martin and McLaren have done at the beginning and the end throughout the season See because you i think because Mercedes seem monotone they seem like well nothing's really popped it just seems like they're steadily trying to do something, but nothing's really happening. It seems like Mercedes is just not making any progress. But you you got to think about this. Mercedes probably have six or seven podiums sprinkled throughout the season. So, yeah, there's been no, like, Major surge, like all of a sudden they went four or five races, grabbed three, four podiums out of five races, or now they're going six or seven races like McLaren and grabbed five podiums, but they've grabbed podiums by way majority of Lewis Hamilton throughout the season. I think Lewis has five or six. Russell might have one or something like that. So they've been gradually doing it, gradually bringing updates, but they really haven't just popped to make it seem like all of a sudden, like, damn, they're on the right track. That's why it seems like that. But indeed, the customer teams are not outperforming Mercedes so much as they are popping and then kind of dropping off. Popping and then kind of dropping off. Right now, McLaren is popping. Before Aston Martin was popping, Mercedes just really hasn't had that pop. And then on top of that, they dropped the Slim Pod situation way too late. Way too late much like their strategies, much like their pit stop crew. Everything's just happening way too late. And honestly, I think Lewis Hamilton is growing tired of that. And that's why he protested on radio like, "Hey, you got to go ahead and switch these orders. We're going to lose these positions. We're going to lose both positions if we don't switch." And he was right. They would have lost both positions if they didn't switch, okay? I mean, I'm just keeping it a buck. And so now um what else happens in the race is we will talk about a very, a very I think a very highlighted driver needs to be Liam Lawson. Lawson Dawson, okay? I think that should happen. Just one position. Just one position outside of collecting more points for the team. Uh it's not if, you know, if 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 it was a fifth, we'd all be drunk. So woulda, coulda, shoulda. He didn't get it done. But still. Four races in, doing what Liam Lawson is doing, it's something, to be, it's something to be clapped about. Like, honestly, it's something to be clapped about. I think he's doing a good job. I'm not going to say great. He's not a great driver. He hasn't earned. He hasn't gotten there yet. Like, people want to throw around a great term too long. Uh, Galactica says Merck is on a slow burn versus an extreme come up. And that's true. And we all know what happens. If you uh, you flash fast, you die out fast. Just a gradual heating up. And don't forget what Toto said. They're already focusing on next year. So their primary thing here now is to learn as much as they can with this new philosophy of a car design, dumping the Slim Pods, and to apply what they learned to 2024 in the what should be the W15 And come back with a resurgence then whether that happens or not, I'm not sure. And honestly, I can't say it will because up until now, proof shows us that in the last two years, you've made a boneheaded decision. You stuck with a boneheaded decision. And you recently just dropped the boneheaded decision. Now you're going through all the waves that your boneheaded decisions caused you. And finally, you're seeming at least like a regular team on the grid, but not a popping team as what most Mercedes fans are accustomed to. So it just seems worse. When when you're a giant in the sport and you fall, everybody sees it. Everybody feels it. Everybody wants to talk about it. Everybody, okay? Okay. That's not so much the case with teams that haven't been as big. Like, look at Alfa Romeo. Like, no, we're not even really talking about them. And we're going to. I'm going to. Because I think that Alfa Romeo coming in, they were so big on the talk of all the design and and not wanting to say some things and talking about how they were focusing so much on the rear of the car, which they weren't wrong to say that because Red Bull have done an extreme job, an extremely good job with their beam wing in the rear of that car in order to have what people are calling triple DRS. And it's just crazy, these terms they come up with to try to make oversell it. Rayhan says, Jay, did you see Lewis raw dogging Alonzo and Alonzo's mask coming off? ha, 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 ha. He said, you have fed me the lions. He was not wrong. Hey, bro, Alonso was like, y'all just left me out here for the lions, bro. Y'all just tossed me up here, and the lion was behind him. Y'all just tossed me up. What's up, Danny B? Uh, y'all just tossed me up here to get fed on, and and Lewis did him in something dirty. like. But to be fair, Aston Martin do, didn't do Alonzo any favors at all. They didn't do Alonso any favors. They they pitted him way too early. They put him on a strategy that was going to put compromise him as it did later on in the race. And on top of that, I don't like Alonso's been doing Alonso's the only driver doing something for Aston Martin. Why at this point in time, y'all should just give Alonso what he wants. You should let Alonso call his own strategy because from what I've seen even this season, and we all know Alonso has a high IQ when it comes to Formula 1. He's called these situations. Alonso is very good at forecasting on what's going on on the track in the actual race. He doesn't have to sit at home like we sit and watch the TV screen and watch boards. And Alonso knows what's going on around him, and he can feel this is what needs to be done. Lance Stroll is not doing shit for Aston Martin. And for the sake of God of me, I cannot figure out why Aston Martin don't at least give themselves some insurance policy by including... Including Felipe Drogovic in free practice two at least, and let Lance have FP1, FP3 and qualifying so that Felipe is available in case Lance is a dud. And he was a dud in this race. Yeah, I know. Rear wing damage, but he's been a dud. He hasn't done much. Galactic Smirk need better pit stops, way too slow. And that's another situation. That's another situation. So Lance is retired in this race. I think they should retire him. And if anything, Lance should not have an indefinite contract. He should be indefinitely retired. They need to put him in reserve driver role and let Felipe drive. They have absolutely at this point, nothing to lose by the proof of what Lance Stroll has laid at your feet. He's proved to you. He doesn't have one single podium. One single podium, yet Alonzo has seven. He's done that by himself. Lance Stroll does not have one. In an AMR 23 that we all know was rocketing in the beginning of the season, and even so much, Alonzo snatched a podium not too long ago. Lance Stroll is not the guy for Aston Martin, but we'll talk about that another time, but I just got to say it. Uh, Danny B what's going on my brother. He said watching Lewis pilot a car with no chance to win is making me sick. What I also can say is watching Lewis Hamilton watching George Russell watching Carlos watching even Alonzo at this point in time pilot cars that are less dominating surely troubled and doing what they're able to do to me is a testimony to their skill and their ability Because we saw what happened when Max Verstappen did not have a perfect car. He failed. He failed. Now, I can't say that. You know, throughout a season, how many times he would have failed if he didn't have this rocket ship of a car? Because I think Max is a good enough driver to win some time. But I think it's a testimony more to these drivers doing what they're doing in the cars that are definitely subpar, especially in comparison of the RB19. It's more credit to the driver more so at this time. OK, as of when you got a car like Max Verstappen, it's like more credit to the car. Max is doing what he should do in a car that's that capable to unlock your abilities and facilitate your talents on track. He's doing that. But we saw what happened when they couldn't get the car in the right window. He failed. He failed to bring that car up to pole. He failed to bring it to a race win. He failed to even make it through the pack as we've seen him do before. He didn't do it. That's just a fact. He didn't do it. And I thought it was real funny how they tried to use Perez now to boast up, to like make Max not look so bad when all this time they've been using Perez to make Max look so good. You can't have it both ways. And this dude right here, this dude right here, Logan Sargent not again, not finishing a race, scooping up Valtteri, ruining Valtteri's race, now ruining his race, and before... Crashing the car out, I believe that was in qualifying. Logan Sargent, donkey of the day, I said this morning. We were on stream at like 2, 3 o'clock this morning. Donkey of the day. Just, just ultimately jackass. He, the, at this point in time, I don't think we can, yeah, we can attribute to say he's a rookie. Okay. All rookies are not made equal. This is true. But is it too much for us to ask, Logan, can you just bring the car home, bro? Can you can you just do that? Is it too much for us to ask, Logan, can you not make these silly decisions and run up a $3 million? I'm, I'm pretty sure at this point in time, Logan Sargent is probably over $3 million of the cap. He's probably taking up at least $3 million within their cap. He's probably the amount of repairs that they've had to do to this car – the amount of times, because I believe Logan Sargent has put himself in this position probably at least six times this season, at least six or seven times, wrecking the car out, wrecking other people out since Australia. Like, this is not this is not helping his case. And what else is not helping his case is that rookies like Oscar and Liam Lawson coming in four races and managing to bring the car home, especially Liam. Like, Liam's doing a, a good job. It makes Logan look that much worse. It makes him look like you might need to go where DeVries went. And I thought what they did with DeVries was premature because I don't think DeVries was this bad. I don't think he was this bad. But, again, like I told DeVries, you're with the wrong team if you think you're going to go in and have enough space as a rookie to make these mistakes. They're going to can you. And they did. Uh, Logan happens to be in a better situation with a team that has a little bit more tolerance because one thing is they're coming from underperforming, and don't get it twisted. Williams was a great team, okay? So they were there. Now they're not, and they're trying to work to get back there. But at this point in time, their tolerance is definitely affected by what they're doing. So what's going to happen is, and they have to retire Alex Albon as well. I believe he suffered some damage to his car, and it might have been a bit more than they anticipated, so they had to retire Alex as well. But Alex is another standard, and Galacticus says right there, uh, Galacticus says, do you think Logan will be in 24, let Liam drive? I think I'm not confident in Logan being there 2024, but I would not be surprised if he's there in 2024 because – Williams might give him the opportunity and I don't know if Williams is is. I don't know if they're ready I feel like they're ready at this point in time Albon showing you what can happen and what could be achieved with the FW45 because he's been in points he's been in top 10 he's been there in qualifying he's been there in free practice and Logan Sargent has just not been able to even match that I think Williams is starting to look like where what could our season look if we had another driver comparable to Al- Albon or at least not as detrimental as Logan what could we look like as constructors in and out of these grand prix and if they're starting to think that, then maybe Logan's not there in 2024, and maybe they can pull in another driver. Maybe they can pull in Felipe if he's going to come out of there by some kind of contractual means because they're both Mercedes client teams. So maybe there might be some agreement, kind of like Alpine was going to do with Williams. They were going to loan Oscar out, which was crazy to me. That was the stupidest decision I ever heard. And they, you know, they fouled that up, and you see what happened to him. They lost a phenomenal driver. And I'm very happy for Oscar because I don't think he would have had the opportunity that he's actually. Having now to showcase his skills that he does belong in a top team Oscar is showing that Oscar is showing that he belongs in a top team he's got his podium look at his finishes look at what he's done look at how he's qualified I don't think he would have had that opportunity to to showcase his skill and his ability in a dysfunctional team like Alpine Alpine is dysfunctional right now Uh, Mary Beanie says I told you all about Princess Shady George I'm done she ain't lying. She did. She did. She's been on that point. She's been on that mountain and that mountain has not crumbled. George is showing his ass. Showed his ass in Singapore. Showed his ass yesterday. And he's going to continue probably showing show that. I do think there's going to be a conversation to be had with George, though. I think that radio message, even though he said, hey, you know what happens? And, and, and you know, George comes off as this nice guy when he he's crying. And, uh, he crying and doing all that. George can it, bro. Just can it. You, you George is too emotional he's so emotional that he's emotional to a fault and he better get it together because I only think George this season I, I think on George only got one podium this season while everybody was praising him last season and disrespecting Lewis George's only got one podium this season and then people so many people want to you know say oh he's doing this dude he's doing but he's not doing it when it matters when it matters you have to do it when it matters, and when it matters, Lewis Hamilton is bringing home more than Lewis is bringing home on merit in a in a fun- dysfunctional car. And I, I'm not I'm not even confident that <sighs> I'm just gonna have to wait and see what Mercedes do next season. I'm, done, I'm just gonna say that. Let's just be right. So then let's look at this other team. Uh, let's look at. Haas, the most non-American, and there you go, Logan Sargent criminal, you know, should be arrested by Formula One police for what he's doing this season to Williams and what he's doing to other drivers on the track. Just cans Valtteri's race, already abysmal. We could talk about Alfa Romeo. We we talked about them already. Let's talk about Haas. Haas having a bad day by way of Perez. Thank you, Perez, for ruining, you know, K-Mag's race. He, it's not like his season's been that great, and you go and just – bumper car and Perez was out there like legitimately playing bumper cars that's what Perez was out there doing Perez legitimately was out there playing bumper cars with K-Mag and the rest of the crew I I just was I just was blown away by what the drive that Perez was having it just was crazy but Haas it's not like he ruined much Chaos Druid says they should do something to get Ocon in that seat yo bro which seat are you talking about you think they should do something to get Ocon in, in the Mercedes seat? Damn, I don't know, bro. Oh nah. Are, Chaos Druid, are you saying they should do something to get Ocon in the Mercedes seat or in the Red Bull seat? Which seat are you talking about? Let me let's be clear on that before I respond. Before I respond to that, are you talking about the Red Bull seat or are you talking about the Mercedes seat for Russell? Let me know that in the chat so I can respond to that. Because uh that's very interesting. Either way, it's interesting. Either way, I do have an opinion on that. So just let me know the chaos druid. Are you talking about the Mercedes seat? Okay, the Mercedes seat. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. All right, so if we we think about that, people already have a problem with Russell making these illegitimate decisions and causing a lot of ruckus between him and Lewis, dive-bombing Lewis. Uh, Russell was fighting so hard against Lewis and just opened the door for Max. Open the door for Carlos. Where is keep your energy the same? And we've seen this. Now he did a you know a good job. I think that was in Azerbaijan when him and Max had contact. He didn't give up that corner. So Russell can also do that. But he, like other drivers, fight with Lewis to a fault. And, and people don't criticize other drivers for doing it. Yet, they want all drivers to open up the door like they do for Max Verstappen just to go through without little contest. Carlos, I give Carlos credit. He didn't. Lando does. Lando becomes a bellhop and a doorman for Max. We've seen Alonzo definitely becomes an Uncle Fester and opens up the door for all the Adams families of Max. So we've seen this. But if we think about Ocon and his history Ocon has a very combative history with his teammates. He was like that with Alonzo. He was like that with Perez. Perez was, that was crazy. Ocon was horrible with Perez. He's even like that, not so much with Gasly as it's been, but I'm not sure Ocon being in the seat of a Mercedes is a better trade-off than what we already have with Russell. It's just different. It looks different. It's talked different. Ocon's going to come off different on the radio. He's going to maybe say different things at the press. But ultimately, we've seen. But one thing I will say Ocon keeps the same energy on track with other drivers. We've seen him get elbows out with Alonso, like elbows out to the point where that was might have been a little reckless, but he did it. And I'll credit Ocon for that. He keeps that aggressive energy, he doesn't want to give anything up easy. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sold that Ocon might be necessarily a better option in that team than Russell. And I'm not saying I'll, I'm looking for, because Lewis has not had easy teammates. So let's just get that on the table right now. We're not campaigning for that. But we are campaigning for deductive reasoning. Come on, like what Russell did, dive bombing on his teammate, you put the team at a risk. What Russell did before, damn clipping Lewis Hamilton on the straight talk about I just see me you put the team at risk Russell has put the team at risk several times maybe Ocon doesn't do that but that's a very interesting perspective I'm just not sure we get a very different result more so than we get a different packaging of that Galacticus, is Albon and Merck okay now I honestly think that could be a good move I do now that one I think is a good combo I think seeing what Albon has been able to do could be a combo. We look at Albon um, in several places and what he's done in the past and what the points he's managed to bring into the team. And I honestly think Albon, as you see here, I think Albon is a very candidate, very good candidate. And I do honestly believe that Albon and Mercedes is less – Less toxic-seeming because it's not overly toxic, but it's just George's. I don't think Alex Albon is doing all this crying and whining and just all emotional. I think Alex Albon could be a good compromise. He's going to be competitive. I think he's team-oriented. I think he's going to have very good risk management thought process through the race. I don't think he risk situations like Russell's risked. And almost wrecking each other out. I do think that's a good suggestion. I think Alex album to there and then Liam Lawson to Williams might be okay. But I'm going to say this. And it's, it's a very small sample size. Based on what we're seeing from Liam Lawson, I'm almost ready to say he might deserve better than... Williams, I don't want to. I don't want to. I I don't want to put Felipe out too. Felipe deserve. Felipe should get his opportunity at Aston Martin. Lance is taking that up. So let's just put Aston Martin out there because I believe if anybody's gonna get an opportunity, at Aston Martin it should be Felipe because he's there. He's in the wings, and he's he's unfairly being held back by a driver who's not performing well for that team. So I don't want to take anything away from Felipe. So I'm gonna leave Aston Martin alone. Although. Alpine is toxic right now. May, not toxic, but just, they're just a mess organizationally wise. Their drivers have good opportunity to at least be in the points. The car hasn't unnecessarily blown up all season or regularly throughout the season. Maybe Liam to Alpine, Liam to Williams would be okay. I just think Liam is putting together a resume that may say, I can do better. Like I honestly can and it's a, it's, a, it's a small sample size. I'm not saying Lim is great. I'm not saying he's a phenomenal driver, but he's good. What he's done is good. And what he's brought home for points is better than the last two drivers that AlphaTauri put in that seat, Nick DeVries and, and Ricardo. So if he went somewhere, I would like to see him get an opportunity with a team that's better. And actually, if he gets let's say he gets it. I don't know why I don't know why AlphaTauri committed to Danny Rick and I don't know why they're trying to be if they're so sold on trying to move Danny Rick to Red Bull. But if that's the case, then you move Danny Rick to Red Bull. Let Liam keep that seat. Let Liam have the seat for the rest of the season. For real. I, I, I don't like to use the word deserve, except for in situations like this. Liam deserves from what he's shown you he can do. That he should not be pulled from that seat unless his super formula schedule season conflicts with him driving for formula one if that's the case then you know that's just a conflict he's got to deal with and he needs to come back but i definitely think they should have offered him put it in his ear like hey let's let's see what you're going to do the rest of the season if you can't you can't but are you interested in driving for Alphatari? Listen, we're going to have Red Bull RB19 hand downs next season, which is crazy, should be illegal, shouldn't be able to be done. I think they should be disbanded, broken up, but that's going to be the case. We're going to have a we we plan to have a better car next season. We got different Uh, we got different managerial roles coming in next season. Would you be interested for driving for us? I think that that should be something they should offer Lawson. Definitely based on what he's shown you, he could do Yuki is putting together a better season than he had before. Even with his attitude, Galactica says sprint race should be three DRV, uh, three drives so they can show up. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Cause I'm telling you, I want, if I want to, I do want to see lim. Thank you. I want to see Lim Lawson in a sprint weekend. Let's see what he does in a sprint weekend. That would be cool, too. Not because I want to challenge him to see if he's going to fail, but because I want to see him in a different setup than what he's in. Right now, he's been, he he didn't really, he lightweight the first time. That kind of was similar to a sprint weekend because he had very little preparation, but it wasn't really. His last two races, our last three races, he's had the ability to have a full free practice qualifying race so he's shown that he can manage that well bring the car home even bring points home at least in that one race in just one position outside of bringing points home now now let's see him in a a full setup of a sprint weekend in his format and see what he does then and i I honestly would like to see him run the rest of the season now like i said we just see have to see how things go but um i wouldn't be in a rush to bring danny rick back danny rick showing you what he is showing you what he can do and he didn't do what liam lawson did and neither did nick devries so credit to him then let's go ahead and hit on Ferrari. Ferrari now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say they on the back foot just right now. Saints didn't perform obscenely well at this track. Charles performed a bit stronger, still unable to get the podium, still unable to get the job done. We'll look to see what they do in Qatar. There's not much to really say right there about Ferrari. They they were already have, having a bunch of issues, more issues than I told you all they were having, than Mercedes was having. And a lot of people just kind of overlooked Ferrari because Mercedes looked so bad compared to where they were. And you forgot about, I told you all, Ferrari were having just as bad of a problem as Mercedes. And they showed, they changed the philosophy of the car when they said they weren't. Uh, they've lacked to be that team that a lot of us thought they would. And that's been the real case. So. Hopefully, we'll see what they do next. Hopefully, Ferrari, you know, stay in that, you know, top five. Hopefully, we'll see what happens with Carlos. I, I am sold right now on Carlos being the true number one driver at Mercedes at this point in time, just based on his, what he's put together for Ferrari, what he's been able to do. The shots he's called and getting that race win was very awesome and it came at a very impactful time because basically he dethroned and put to an end the streak of a race win from max verstappen and you know so that's going to be fully bolstered by that but uh ferrari we'll see what happens with them we already talked about aston martin mclaren we talked about them red bull talked about them alpine hit on them a little bit Haas, Haas is just abysmal. There'll be Haas, Alfa Romeo, Haas next season. And I'm not looking to see more of that or what they're going to do. The most un-American American American team on the grid completely do not embody American whatsoever. And they just suck at this point in time. Alfa Romeo definitely needs to improve next season. What they're going to do, who knows, but they got Audi coming in 2026. So that's going to be interesting to see if there's some type of bump up, but technically, we, we should see somewhat of a struggle getting acclimated to the Formula One environment and then maybe seeing what they're really going to be made of three seasons after that. We'll have to see how that goes. But yeah, overall, the race was weird. Uh, as you see right there, a lot of at least five drivers didn't finish the race. Valtteri, Perez, Stroll, Logan, and Alex. And it was crazy how it was going on. It was an entertaining race. It was a competitive race, but it just was a weird feeling race. It was an indictment of a race. I think japan exposed some of these drivers especially perez and logan and mercedes if Merce- i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna hold to it and i'm gonna i'm willing to stand behind this if mercedes can put together a competitive car next season it's gonna be trouble and this is why i say this they're able to perform like they are right now. They're about to be second in constructor championship, I believe. Matter of fact, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Let me look at this right now. Let's, let's check, Let me check this out right now. Let's check this out right now. So let's look at this, uh, look at these standings real quick, and then I'll talk to talk to my point. And I'm still going to say that what we've seen Mercedes do in the course of this season in constructor championship, they're already second. So we got him in the right place right there. There's, there's our constructor board. I haven't had to get another car because nobody else is there. Uh, I got Ferrari's third, Mercedes second, Red Bull, of course, is first. So they've proven that even while being troubled with design issues, even though being troubled with this car and set up in horrible pit stops and horrible strategy, Galactic is hope Andretti is getting closer to F1. Let's go. I do. I do too as well, brother. Even with all that, Mercedes, although not close to our Red Bull when it comes to points, Red Bull 623 points uh, in front of everybody, okay? But they're second. Okay, they're second there with all of that. As far as drivers, Lewis Hamilton is, and I forgot what Galactica told me earlier, so I'll just do the math right now. Lewis Hamilton is only 33 points outside of being second in the driver's championship standings. 33 points. With that car. Where's Russell? Eighth. If for anybody didn't want to say Russell's a far better driver. Russell's eighth. Russell's eighth. Lewis Hamilton is, what, 85 points, 75 points in front of Russell. 33 points from being second. So, yeah, chew on that. Uh, Another one that's very horrible. Alonzo's fourth. Stroll is 10th. That looks bad. That looks very bad. Albon is 13th. Lim Lawson is 19th. After getting in the seat just shortly, he's in front of Nick DeVries, 21. Danny Ricardo's 22. Logan Sargent is last. And as far as where it's capped off at 20 drivers, he's last. He's got zero points. Logan Sargent is the only driver right now on the grid that has zero points. Everybody else has points and has brought home groceries for their team except for Logan Sargent. So yeah, that's think what you want about that. But Hey, for Lewis Hamilton, for Russell, for Mercedes to still be able to deliver at least those standings in, in a car that's just crazy, crazy, not good. I would dare to say what would happen if they actually design a car that is competitive. And we're going to see what's going to happen with that because it's eventually going to happen. I told you all nothing lasts forever. I told you when Max was on his winning streak. I told you when Max was on his winning streak. Isn't it's not going to last forever? It didn't. It it went one up. He won up Seb, got ten out of there. debunked by Ferrari. Now we got to see if if uh, Max and Red Bull can supersede what they've done before with Seb four. That's what they have done four. And by the way. Two of those things look horrible. You got one because it was a complete scandal. It was horrible. It was all wrong. 2021. Then you got 2022. You cheat. It cap. They're going to have to live with that. But still on the stats four count four tally, they got four. They're going to, they're going to have to work their way to four. Can they get past that? Is the question. Can they, can they do better than what they've done before is the question. If things stay like they are right now, hell yeah, they're going to do it. And more. They're going to do that and more. The problem is the cost cap limits the ability for a team to catch up to another team in which I feel was catered to by the new regulations. I don't think the FIA f- fully thought it through or they completely thought it through as to what they were doing when they added the ground effects to these cars because there was only one person active in a team on the grid that had a fond knowledge of. Of what was going on with ground effects. And that's Adrian Newey. And he is employed by Red Bull. So either they didn't think it through completely. Or they thought it through. And they knew what they were doing. Completely doing. One of the two. One of the two. Either it wasn't thought about. Or it was thought about. So, And then you put a cost cap into place. Hard to catch up. if If things are. Given in that favor to a team. And. It's just going to be hard to catch up. So we'll have to see if it happens. Uh, Two things I believe will have to take place is Red Bull's car development will have to kind of reach its ceiling. And then the rest of the teams kind of catch up with development and get competitive with the means. And now it's up to the drivers like you're within a 10th here or there. There's nobody that we can say coming into this race grabbing pole position. There's nobody that we can say coming into this race, they're sure lock in for the race win. Until teams get there, that's when it's, hey, it's all on the driver. We've we've developed these cars as top five teams, and we've put you all within a tenth of each other or a hundredth or a thousandth of each other. Go drive it out. Y'all hash it out on a the track. Then we'll see. But if they can't get their development up to that, and it might take a few seasons, it might take a couple more seasons. So you got to see if Red Bull reached their ceiling and then don't find another way to supersede that. And then the other teams have to catch up. That's what it's going to have to work with. So listen, I think that this weekend we're going to be uh, live because they're going to be on break. So we'll be racing here at F, Wolfpack Epic F, Grudge Racing. This Cat Rock says ground effects were deliberately by the FIA. That's, hey, that's what I'm saying. Either they thought about it or they didn't. Straight up. Either they thought about that or they didn't. That's how I feel about it. So we will be racing here. If you want to join us in the E-Race, you can send me a request through the EA platform to Wolfpack F1. And when I send out the request for free practice in the race, we're going to be doing that. Also, don't forget, I keep trying to tell people, you want to get into this. You want to get into this giveaway. We're going to have a race at the end of the season, an F123 race. The person that wins that series is going to be able to win this entire package a Fanatec Wheel, Fanatec Base, which is a PS, PlayStation, PC, Xbox compatible, and the Fanatec pedals. I'm giving that away to the winner. Plus, we're going to have other prizes mixed in. So I keep trying to tell people you want to get in on that. We're going to have a good time at the end of the season, but you have to be at least a yellow badge or green badge member of the channel to be included in that. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow yellow badges to come in as well. So or uh, right, you know what? It's gonna be green badge and higher. It'll be green or blue badges. okay, Green badge or blue badge will be in. So if you're a green badge or a blue badge, you will be eligible to participate in that race. You gotta be a green badge or a blue badge. If you're not that, then you haven't been in a family long enough for me to give away something to that expensive. Definitely should go to somebody who's been dedicated to the channel, who's been here and who's who's been a person in the community. All right. We're just not going to give that out into the world for somebody who doesn't believe in what we're doing here. But people that are have the opportunity to win that. Plus, we will have other prizes. Galacticus has supplied the money for to, for a couple of Purple Sector's merch. And I believe the mechanic I got to go back and look But I believe the mechanic Or somebody did the honey buns. So I'll pick up the honey buns So it'll be nice and fresh I'm not going to be sending out Stale ass honey buns. So I didn't pick those up yet But I got all my notes to the side So we'll get those That box of honey buns For people in those places But we're going to do A lot of little things It's going to be fun So definitely make sure You're around for that Definitely make sure That you join us For F1 Minute tomorrow live Here at 7.30pm I will be seeing you all soon I'm about to get out of here Try to enjoy the rest of your day be safe. We'll be live tomorrow. Peace.